Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're starting in Micah chapter 4. We'll be going through verses 1 through 5. It's Friday, and we've made it to the end of the week. And so now um, we've made it uh, at least through some of the judgment that Micah's been um, throwing out at uh, the nation Israel, at the northern kingdom. But it's also a picture of the judgment of judging corruption that we could apply to ourselves today. So he's looking past now um, that judgment, and we're getting a ray of sunshine today. So it's kind of good that Friday gives us something we can look forward to. Um, But we can see that he's telling them that although the Assyrians are going to come and conquer your nation, and probably kill a lot of people and enslave a lot of people. Um, he's, they're going to come and disrupt everything you know because of the sin, not only of your leadership, but also of the people. The presence of God has left you. So dark days are ahead, but he is now giving some prophecy that um, those who can maintain their faith can hold on to. And for us today, we have to understand that many, much of what <clears throat> we're going to read today hasn't occurred yet. So this prophecy is for us, too. This is, this is a prophecy for our generation as well. <clears throat> Just because it's... Uh, you know, just because we're living in the future now, uh, compared to Micah, uh, doesn't mean that things have happened. So let's take a look at this ray of hope, not only for Micah's generation, but for our generation. So chapter 4, verse 1, it shall come to pass in the latter days. Now the latter days, um, McGee points out also, often refer to the days of the Great Tribulation, where there will be a, a period of just terrible uh, times for those uh, still living before the return of the Lord Jesus. 
in those days or in the latter days. Many, many uh, times the, the Bible refers to those uh, uh, the coming days of Christ, when Christ will have to return. And he will rectify all those tribulations. Uh, it shall come to pass. So we're looking towards the future in the latter days. These are the days of um, terrible times on the earth and the, the ultimate return of Christ. That the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills. In other words... The house of the Lord will be established, and it's going to be um, this mountain. You know, of course, Jerusalem was built on a, a hill, and his temple, Zion, was on a hill. Um, so this house of the Lord is um, being reestablished, his temple, and it's going to be lifted above all the other hills. All the other temples, all the other false religions, <clears throat> it will be the highest point. And people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. So the, the house of the Lord will be reestablished by Jesus Christ, when he returns, he first came in complete humility as a sacrifice. When he returns, he will be coming back um, with all authority and all glory. For out of Zion, this is the house of, of the temple of the Lord, shall go forth the law and from the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So it's almost like, he, you know, you get the sense that it was through Jesus Christ that the world knows the Father, that knows God's uh, word, because through Jesus Christ, the word becomes flesh. You know, remember back in the book of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and then the Word becomes flesh. So it's through Jesus Christ the world knows the Word of God. But it's like, it's almost like you see a little parallel comparison. Israel is sort of like uh, Christ in the sense that it is all these generations are having to learn dependence and this dependency on Christ makes Israel more like Christ. It's this dependency on God through Christ that makes this nation grow more and more Christ-like to know His ways. But right now it doesn't. But this dependency will ultimately lead to the nation Israel having this Christ-like quality that it's the personification of God's word coming to fruition in a nation. And then that nation can be an example for all the other peoples. And it's like 
in, a, in sort of a parallel way, this dependency for us personally on Christ makes us more like Christ. So we, we have to depend on Christ just like the whole nation of Israel has to learn the hard lessons to depend on Christ, depend on God the Father. And it's almost like God uses the nation of Israel to teach us. He's using the nation of Israel to, to, as an example that we can read about, of course, in the Old Testament. But we read about this nation having to depend on God for everything. And right now, this nation has not depended on God for its protection, has not depended on God for its wisdom, has not depended on God for its, quote, laws and politics, has not depended on God for its upper-level education, has not depended on God for its um, economic uh, policies and things like that. It's all, it's all corruption and greed, and it's all um, perverse... Um, sinful natures. And then we have to say, well, look what happened to them. Well, look what, if you could put yourself in that position, everything about this nation's corrupt, and they know they're being told that they're going to be invaded and the whole nation's going to be destroyed. They still won't depend on God. Could you imagine living back in those days? And I guess for many people, the more you hear the nation's going to be destroyed, the more hardened your heart is. Well, we've got to we've got to buy more guns. We've got to buy more swords. We've got to defend ourselves even more. We've got to have more peace treaties with some of these other nations around here because we're getting ready to get invaded instead of getting on your knees in dependency and submit to God's authority. Verse 3, he shall judge between many people. The he means Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ, because he's the ultimate judge. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations for far away. So in other words, he's got authority for everybody, not just for the Jews. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. This is a big prophecy. Jesus Christ is going to have the authority to judge. And Jesus Christ is going to have the authority to maintain safety, security. You know what? Jesus Christ is the only one that will bring what? Peace on earth. Everybody's been chanting for no justice and no peace. He's going to judge, and he's going to bring peace. People chant for no justice, say no justice and no peace, but they won't get it because they don't know justice, and they don't know peace, because justice and peace, if you know God, you know God's justice. If you know God, you know God's peace. Only Christ can bring justice and peace. But verse four, 4, But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Everybody's going to be safe. No one's going to have any fear. No one's going to have any fear because it's just from a word, a word from the Lord. 
from the mouth, and it happens. There will be peace. There will be safety and security. There will be justice. Verse 5, for all the people's walk, each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So look how he's phrasing that. You, you have to read it a couple of times before you kind of get it. Verse 5, he's talking about the present, and then after the but in this sentence, in this verse, he talks to the future. Okay? For all people's walk... Okay, this is what's happening right now. For all people's walk, each in the name of its God. So that's what's happening right now. All people's walk in the name of whatever you're placing your faith in. You could place your faith in a, in a religion, a, a religion that's not calling on the name of Jesus Christ. You know, people, people will walk the way they walk. Or they can call out whatever they believe in. That's what they walk. Maybe they walk in the spirit of the Antichrist or the unholy spirit or moral relativism. You know, what's right for you, what's right for you is, is right and what's uh, right for me is right. You know, there is no absolute right and wrong. Or the spirit of humanism or atheism where you, atheism, where you um, say, you know what, there is no God. The only thing we need to worry about is is the qualities of making man better, elevating man, but denying the presence of God. But we will walk in the name of Lord our the Lord our God forever and ever. In other words, this is what we're going to do. We will do this. Pointing towards the future. Through our faith, this is where we will eventually walk. And this is sort of telling the people, this is your job. This is your duty. Keep your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because this is what this is how we will walk one day. Now, it may not look good right now. And it's going to get worse when the Assyrians come. And many people are going to, you know, take you over and you're going to have to walk the way it is. Maybe from the United States, you have to say, well, there may be many influences over the country, or maybe in any other country. You just have to look where you live. Many people are in your country maybe walking a different walk, following a different teaching, following a different religion, following a different um Faith. Everybody believes in something. Even the people that don't believe in God believe in their atheism. Everybody walks in the name of whatever you worship. But what, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? And Micah's saying, we will walk in the name of our Lord, our God. And we, no matter what anybody can do to us, we're going to walk this way, and we will walk in the future when God reestablishes his kingdom. So, a big, big uh, ray of hope there. 
and a big, big message of prophecy for our generation today from this little book of Micah. So we'll stop here. Today's Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll take up next Monday here as we continue our walk through the book of Micah. And now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you have to say today. And have a great weekend, everyone. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Micah chapter 4, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 5. And now here we have come to a new section. And this new section is titled Prophesying Future Glory Because of Past Promises. And this is in chapters 4 and chapter 5. So we're going to have a little judgment, but not as compared to chapters 1 to chapter 3. So in this section, we are going to see, you know, the future glories, the prophesying of future glories. And we're going to have, you know, a little bit of judgment. So in this chapter, we have prophecies of the last days. So our teaching today begins at verse 1 of chapter 4, and it reads now and in other translations, it reads but. So but it shall come to pass. In the, lot, in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. So here, you know, now in trans- some translations and in my translations it's now, in other translations it starts with the word but. Uh, in the last days and this verse is very similar to that verse of Isaiah chapter 2 so Micah was a contemporary to Isaiah so they were like synonymous Um, and the reason that um, you know the whole and the reason that he actually you know this statement is uh, similar to that of Isaiah is um, the Holy Spirit actually said it twice and in this in scripture in the bible whenever the holy spirit says something twice meaning it's very important and we should note this and this verse you know it opens with the conjunction now or but so it's joining two sentences and this is uh, used for a contrast and we have a contrast between what went before um this chapter And this is um, from chapter 3, verse 12, which reads, Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins and the mountains of the temple, like the bare hills of the forest. So um, we have here now chapter 4, verse 1. It's a conjunction, a continuation of um, um, chapter 3 verse 12 so we have in jeremiah twenty six eighteen, he quotes micah as saying this so he confirms that this uh he confirms this and he confirms that this prophecy actually um did come to pass and he confirms that this is it and it did take place during the time of nebuchadnezzar when he actually destroyed jerusalem so, um, we have, um, 
you know, those prophecy actually did come to pass, did come to fruition. And um, it's actually outlined and it, Jeremiah notes this uh, when, um, and we can actually find this in the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah also notes this when he went back, that this prophecy actually came to pass, that when he went back to Jerusalem, in the first few chapters, he found total chaos, that there was actually ruins and rubbles. So now, the first part of chapter 4 in this uh, book of uh, Micah, uh, you know, it's in contrast to this. And he's moving beyond the destruction of Nebuchadnezzar, and Titus, and it's, he's moving beyond the destruction of, um, you know, anything that happened during this time. And, you know, that's taken place in the last days. So the last days are used in the Old Testament as a technical term, and it has a definite meaning in our, uh, and our Lord Jesus Christ actually identified the last days and he labeled it as the Great Tribulation period when these things would actually come to pass. And then at the end of them, the Lord Jesus Christ would return to the earth and his return would end the brief period of the Great Tribulation period, um, which was of about, you know, approximately seven years. And then the Millennial Kingdom is established on earth by the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, when he personally comes to the earth, and so the last days embrace both the Great Tribulation period and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth and the establishment of the Millennial Kingdom here upon the earth today. So Micah has moved out, you know, from the judgment and beyond, you know, the local situation. He has moved out beyond into the future. He has moved beyond the local situation and he's looking down in the future. So the darker it got in Israel, the brighter the future was for these people. Dr. Jeevan McGee gave an illustration, you know, of, you know, when you dig a well and you go down that well, it becomes darker, but the brighter the stars when you look up. And that was what was happening. They got into, you know, a dark period. These people got into a dark period and the brighter it got. So the verse reads, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and the people shall flow to it. So, um, you know, when we were in Isaiah chapter 2, we mentioned that the you know, the word mountain is used literally and also uh, figuratively. And Daniel used it in a figurative way uh, when he gave that prophecy to Nebuchadnezzar. You know, when he talked about the stone that was cut out without hands and filled the entire earth. So that stone is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our rock. And that's coming and it became a great mountain that filled the entire earth. So this means that it's giving, um, you know, a spiritual interpretation of it. And unless we have a scripture authority, we have no right to actually spiritualize scripture. And for this, we do because it's actually given us an interpretation that what he's talking about um, is something spiritual. And uh, he's talking about the mountain kingdom to be established on earth. So that stone that was cut out without hands is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to establish his millennial kingdom here on earth. And there is a literal reason. There is a literal meaning. There's a literal reason that Jerusalem is set upon a hill. That's a literal reason. 
So it's built up on a hill. You just have to go there and see it. It's set up on a hill and scripture makes this very clear. So all we have to do is look when we actually go there. So, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ had actually said a city that's set on a hill can't be hidden. And that's what he said. He had actually said this. So Jerusalem is set on a hill and it can't be hidden from anyone. So here we have, we are talking about Jerusalem. So there's no question or doubt about it. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. We're talking about Jerusalem and it's a kingdom that will be, um, uh, centered there and it will be the capital of the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ comes and reigns in his millennial kingdom. So people are not flowing there, you know, as scripture says here, and peoples shall flow to it. So currently, as it is, people are not flowing um, in that direction. They're flowing, you know, in a different direction. They're not flowing in that direction right now. And this isn't being fulfilled. So this prophecy isn't being fulfilled right now. Um, until the Messiah comes, that's when this prophecy is going to be fulfilled. So verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 4 goes on to read um, many, sorry, many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and will teach us his ways and he shall walk in his path. And sorry, and we shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion the Lord shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So people are not flowing in that direction. <clears throat> and, you know, this has not been fulfilled yet. So this chapter here is amongst many chapters in scripture that make it very, very clear that the present return of these people... The Israelites is not a fulfillment of prophecy and this has not yet taken place today. So we are told that the word of the Lord will go forth from Jerusalem. And today this is not happening. It's not the case. You know, even for the word of the Lord to actually go out from Jerusalem, people get persecuted for it. You know, you don't have the Gideon Bible being printed out today and um, coming from Jerusalem. You have a lot of persecutions happening right now. So this is not happening. It's not a fulfillment of prophecy, the current present return of the Lord, because it's going to be a fulfillment of prophecy when everyone turns 100% to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 of Scripture goes on to read, um, of that, that's of chapter 4, um, He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations, Afar off, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they le learn war anymore. So, here, um, this is the Lord Jesus Christ um, who is actually speaking, who will actually do the judgment, the judging. And he is the Messiah and he will judge when he returns to the earth to establish his kingdom for the second time. So he hasn't yet come, obviously, and there's things, um, you know, these things can't come to pass until he actually comes. So we are not living in a day when you can actually beat your swords into plowshares or prune your spears into hooks. As, you know, even if we did that, you know, people are still going to use those as weapons to, to, to beat their heads um, and to, 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 to wage war against one another. So this is not happening. You know, um, 
you have a lot of agreements and concessions that are signed among nations today. And, you know, we haven't come to the point where we have peace or an, a proper agreement where nations are not rising against nations. That's not the situation right now. So people have not beat their 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 um their swords into plowshares. And this can only happen when the Prince of Peace, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah and our personal Savior, actually comes um, onto the earth and establishes his millennial kingdom and rules. And he's not ruling today. He's not. Man is ruling today. The Gentiles are ruling today. And today, as long as we are living in a big, bad, wicked world, we should keep our powder dry. And, you know, in order to protect ourselves. So the Lord Jesus Christ said, a strong man armed keeps his household and he keeps it by being armed. So you have a lot of nations today. You know, they talk about disarmaments today. You know, there's North Korea, South Korea, the Americas, Russia, Iran, Iraq. You know, they talk about disarmament. But, you know, um, you know, you have a lot of people who are against, um, you know, nations having that many armaments. And yeah. I too feel like, you know, nations should disarm themselves. But in order to keep your house strong, you will have to have some form of armament. You have to be armed. And because we're living in a big, bad, wicked world today. And this philosophy is not popular today. And, um, you know, like we have the Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament. The Sermon on the Mount, um, we have this Sermon on the Mount that was given. It was given by a king. He was speaking of a time when he was going to be... Um, he was going to be uh, reigning on the earth because he was speaking as a king. Verse 4 of scripture goes on to read, But everyone shall sit under the vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. So today in Israel, no one is sitting under their vine tree or fig tree. They are afraid and everyone is very afraid. You know, there are bunkers today where people actually scramble and hide like little mice because um, it's not safe. So they're not doing this according to, and, and, and you know, this is not happening. And which means prophecy hasn't yet been fulfilled. And God has said that when he actually puts them there, his people back in the land, they will actually live in peace. And right now they're not living in peace. And their present return is not a fulfillment of prophecy. So, you know, it's best if people actually read like all of scripture and all of prophecy and not just pick out a few things. And right now they're not living in peace. Verse 5 goes on to read, um, For the people walk each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord God forever and ever. So in the past, literally, like what this scripture means, in the past, they walked after their own gods. But in the future, they are going to walk in the name of our God, Jehovah. And this is the thought of this particular verse. So in the past, you know, our ancestors, they were pagans and they believed in pagan gods and all. Until, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was introduced to them. And, you know, now they will turn and walk um, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and personal savior and our creator. So this is the thought behind this particular verse. So right now, the present return of the Israelites back to Israel is not a fulfillment of prophecy because you have more Israelites outside of Israel than in Israel right now, currently. 
And they, some of them have returned, yes, back to the land, but it's not a fulfillment of prophecy because not all of them have actually returned to the land, you know, and the, the Messiah is not reigning right now and they don't have peace. You know, as the Lord has, God has spoken, people will be able to sit under their fig tree and their vines and experience peace. But right now, they're not experiencing that peace. So, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all. Have a pleasant Friday uh, and um, be safe. And God bless you all. Bye-bye.